Welcome back, everybody, to Do All Till We Pod. My name is Daniel Griffiths. With me is JC. I am recording from Fort Myers, Florida, having a little family vacation here. Um, as the great Ben Solak says, life is delicious. But uh, how are you, my friend? I'm doing wonderful. I'm enjoying this, uh, this, these, uh, these summer summer nights so far. Uh, you know, it, during the day is pretty unbearable, as you know, as like I, as I like to say, it's hotter than the devil's nutsack here where I'm at during the day. So uh, these summer nights have been nice, though. Uh, spending some time with the family, uh, kind of getting in the groove of what our summer routine will look like. Uh, are we going to go ahead and address the elephant in the room about what happened last night? So uh, we, we got through the entirety of the episode, and uh, I uh, stopped JC because I, I noticed that uh, I never hit record. Um, so that's uh, – you know, we're, we're, this is take two, so hopefully it goes a little more, little more smoothly. We had some practice yesterday, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we're uh, trying to make amends here. Both of us were, were pretty disappointed. He about kicked me off my own podcast, but uh, we'll, we'll see how hey, it goes. If you can't laugh at yourself, right? <laughs> exactly. If you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? So uh, today, uh, JC and I wanted to look at some uh, fantasy predictions in Vegas odds and uh, take a look at what the Jaguars players are, are projected to do statistically um, and how we think they will perform according to those numbers, whether, you know, over or under, um, or if we agree with what the numbers say. So we're going to take a look at some offensive players, the defense as a whole, as well as one defensive player, with uh, with some record or uh, statistical predictions and uh, and give our thoughts about where we think these players are going to end up after the season. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, as always, the uh, the powers that be in the world of fantasy and odds making don't think much of us, um, which is totally fair. Uh, you know, it's hard to get angry about stuff like that. Um, you know, we have to go out and prove it. Uh, you know, when you work at any level of sports team, business, or whatever, like maybe um, when you've had a track record of not being very good, um, nobody's going to just automatically assume you'll be better. Uh, so a lot of these stats are, are not uh, the prettiest, a lot of these predictions, but, um, you know, kind of is what it is. Uh, the Jaguars have to go prove that they are better than they have been. Um, and that, you know, that's going to show in the statistical categories uh, from last year to this year. Yeah, and, and we can go ahead and get started with a guy that, that you know, leads the franchise and, and leads everything when it comes to Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, ESPN has him projected to throw for 3,919 yards, 22 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. Uh, we'll start with yardage. Over or under? Uh, I think that's kind of right on board uh, with, you know, what I expect. Uh, you know, in 2021, uh, he, he did not have a spectacular rookie season by any means. Um, you know, he threw for uh, 36-41, uh, you know, in his rookie season. Uh, so they're expecting him to take, to take a leap, uh, and I think he will. I, don't, I think it would be pretty crazy if he didn't make a drastic leap forward. Um, so, I, but I think that 3,900 is kind of right in the ballpark. I don't expect Trevor, even in year two, to be a 4,500-yard passer. I think that would be quite surprising. 
so I think that 3,900 yards maybe uh, maybe hits that 4,000 yard mark late in the season. I think that's probably right on right on par with what to expect. Sure. And uh, for the first time in our podcast's history, I'm going to be the optimistic one here. Uh, I'm going to take the over. I, I, I think that uh, Trevor Lawrence does get a, get a 4,000 yard season. I'm kind of thinking that 4,100, 4,200 range for him. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's certainly, cer- certainly uh, feasible for him, you know, I, especially with our running backs coming, coming off of injury early in the season. We may see Trevor Lawrence and the Doug Peterson offense open it up a little bit more for him and, and get some players, some opportunities, uh, receivers. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking 41, 4,200 for him. And hopefully, hopefully I'm more correct than you are about that. I hope so. I hope I'm dead wrong. And I hope he throws for 6,000 yards in 2022. And we're the greatest <laughs> offense of all time. Looking at, looking at touchdowns, uh, what, do you, what do you see here? Over, under 22. Uh, I'm going to go over. Uh, I think he's going to be more in the 26 to 27 range. Uh, you know, obviously, 22 would be a drastic improvement over what he did in his rookie season. Double. Um, yeah. Uh, but I expect him to be more in that 26 to 27 range because um, there's going to be games where I think in this year, too, that he's going to be able to take advantage of, um, you know, be playing in a better system, the second-year leap. You know, and he's going to be able to go into that 26 to 27 yard range. He's going to have, um, you know, three touchdown games this year, which I believe he only had one last year. Where First he threw game three of touchdowns. the year. First game of yeah. the year. So I, I think he'll he'll be able to put together two, maybe three, three touchdown games, and that's going to shoot things up quite a bit. Um, I think he's going to uh, flirt with 30 touchdowns this year, although I don't think he gets there. Um, but I, I think 26 to 27 is way more likely than hovering around that low 20s mark. Yeah, I I, uh, I think twenty two is probably the number. Um, you know, I, I think this offense still has a ways to go. You're going to see Doug Peterson have a much more run heavy offense. We presume that that's kind of been his uh, his you know initiative so far in his career. Um, you know, you'd like to see Trevor Etienne, Trap Travis. I'm. Con- Travis Etienne, Trevor Etienne, beg your pardon. I'm a huge Gator fan. Uh, so Trevor Etienne's a, a, a Gator recruit coming into town. So I'm getting the two mixed up now. But uh, Travis Etienne, you know, you hopefully get him some touches and, and hopefully he can create a spark in the offense. But uh, I, I think 22 is probably the number for Trevor Lawrence this season. Yeah, and if it is, um, unfortunately, it probably doesn't bode very well for, for us. a lot of wins. Um you know, I think he's got to be close to that 30 mark for us to really have a chance to have a big turnaround. Um, now, granted, I, I'm not overly keyed in on win total for 2022 to see drastic improvement. You know, I think that if we're able to win seven games, that that's a, that's a huge win. Yes. Um, even though a lot of people, you know, see seven wins as, oh, well, you still have a losing record. Yeah, that's great. But we've won one and three in the past two seasons. Uh, so winning seven games, Doug Peterson's going to be in the coach of the year conversation. Yeah, that's a, that's an exponential growth right there. Um, yeah. And then, and then look at the, the interception number. They, they've got him at 15. Uh, what do you think about that? Over or under? Uh, I think it's going to be under, uh, you know, 15 interceptions would have him almost averaging a pick per game. And my thoughts on that are, Early in the year, like we've, we've talked about previously, like early in the year, 
he took a lot of chances. He kind of reined it in there towards the middle of the season. And then at the end, he took more chances because we were behind in games. And, you know, we had a change in play call when uh, Brian Schottenheimer took over for uh, Daryl Bevel. Uh, but I, I think that's a little high. Uh, I think he's going to be more careful with the ball. I think Doug is going to put him in a position to be way more successful. Uh, that fact that we improved the tight end position with Evan Ingram, the fact that we have a really good receiving running back in Travis Etienne, uh, you add a safety blanket slot like Christian Kirk. Uh, so I think that he's going to throw far fewer interceptions this year. Um, I'm putting the number more around 12 or 13, which may not seem like a lot fewer than 15. But, you know, if he's only throwing 12 picks, then that's probably top 10 in the NFL, probably league at when you look at like where everybody will finish. If he's throwing 12 picks, that's probably puts him in the uh, the good part of the top 10 when it comes to interception totals. He'll be in the bottom as far as uh, one's thrown. So I think that 12 to 13 mark is probably more likely. So I think 15 would probably be, again, very bad news for us if, if Trevor's in that category. Yeah, I, I'm uh, – you're, you're 12, 13. I, I think I'm at 14. You know, I, uh, I think 15 is probably a little high. You'd like to see those numbers come down. He did uh, – you know, the beginning of the season, at the end of the season, he started to sling it a lot. It was, uh, you know, he was trying to play hero ball at times there. Um, and uh, and that, that was fun to see. You know, it's fun to see him sling the ball around. You get to see a little bit more of what he can do when he does that, when he plays free, as opposed to the middle of the season where we were playing some very conservative football on offense. Uh, so I, I think Trevor Lawrence, you know, ups his touchdown mark. Hopefully he has more touchdowns than, than interceptions this year. That would, that would be an improvement in and of itself. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Trevor Lawrence takes a, a huge leap this, this season. I don't know if you see that statistically, uh, but I, I definitely think that you'll see that in his level of play on the field. Uh, moving on, we've got tr Travis, not Trevor, Travis Etienne, um, who's coming back from, from that uh, list Frank injury. Uh, you know, he looks good in OTAs. All reports say he's, he looks like one of the fastest player out, players out there. Uh, ESPN's got him at 813 rushing yards and five touchdowns. 813, are you going over or under? Uh, I, I'm going under. Uh, you know, I just don't, I don't think that he's going to be asked to carry that big of a load, um, especially if James Robinson is able to play, say, half the season. Uh, 813 seems a little high. Um the five touchdowns, though, probably is, is pretty accurate. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities um, to be able to score points, especially when we get into the red zone. Um, now, you know, we joke on the name mix-up, but Billy Napier is probably pretty excited if Trevor puts up 813 and five touchdowns as a freshman <laughs> in uh, Gainesville. Um, but I think, I, think that's, I think the yardage is a little high. I probably see him more as like a 650 guy rushing I think he's going to make a bigger impact with a healthy James Robinson I think ETN definitely makes a bigger impact in the passing game um, but I think that's where he's going to really shine is uh, catching the ball out of the backfield splitting out wide creating mismatches on linebackers and safeties and so uh, I think the 813 is a little high uh, but I think the five touchdowns is probably right in the ballpark yeah I'm with you on I'm with you on the yards I, I think that 813 is, is very uh very generous for, for Travis Etienne. You know, I, I really liked Etienne coming out of Clemson. He, he's everything you want in a modern-day NFL running back. You know that uh, 
guy that can make you miss quick, fast, um, you know, not, 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 not so much a guy that'll run you over, but, uh, but certainly a guy that can get some yards for you and, and make some plays in the passing game as well. I, I'm more of the thinking that ETN gets between five and 700 yards, uh, kind of similar to you. I, I, I agree with you that I just don't think he gets the opportunities um, to, to get eight, 813 yards. That's, that's a very good bit. Uh, especially with Robinson, you hope that he comes back at, at some point throughout the season and takes some of those carries away. Uh, they've got Etienne at 373 receiving yards. You going over or under for that? Uh, I'm going to go over. Uh, like I said, I think that's where he's going to really make a name for himself is in the receiving game. I think he's going to eclipse 400 yards, and I think he's going to eclipse a good bit more than just two touchdowns. Uh, you know, they have him projected at two receiving touchdowns. I think he's going to be more in the four to five range. Uh, I think he's going to be, for a lot of his career, as long as the Jaguars have a good complementary back to uh, Travis Etienne, I see him being 50-50 touchdowns, rushing and receiving. I think he's always going to be a guy who's got like five of each or four and five or six and four. Like it's it's always going to be pretty balanced, I think, with his skill set. So I think he's going to get more into that four to five receiving touchdown range. Uh, two just seems kind of low. I mean, he could t- catch two good screen passes – in the first three games and already match that, you know, and then have 15 games or 14 games after that. So I think that uh, the receiving total, the yardage is probably in the right ballpark, but I think the touchdowns are low. So, uh, you know, I'll probably say they're correct and take the push there on the yardage, but I'll definitely take over on the touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think 250 to 350 is probably the range you're going to see for him. Uh, I hope it's more. Uh, you know, he's, a, he's, he's by far our funnest player on offense, I would say. I think that that's, that's you know, pretty, pretty uh, you know, um, universally accepted right now. But, uh, but I agree with you on the two touchdowns. I, I think you probably see him catch three to four. Um, and, and that would be really good. And, and maybe some of those are some big ones, too. He's certainly got the speed to, to take it to the, the house. Uh, next, we got Christian Kirk, newly signed $84 million receiver, Christian Kirk. Um, hopefully, he makes an impact that uh, warrants that giant contract. And I hope he gets the most that he can possibly get with those incentives. Uh, ESPN has him projected 860 yards with four touchdowns. Are we taking the over or the under? Uh, yardage, I think that's probably right on right on cue. Um, I don't think he's a 1,200-yard receiver, uh, especially in our offense. Uh, it's hard for a slot, you know, to put up that kind of that kind of yards numbers, uh, especially in now. Is it possible? Obviously, it happens all the time, but I think it's hard, especially in a Doug Peterson offense which relies so much on running backs and tight ends catching the ball. Um, the 860 probably sounds about right. Um, if he's over 900, if he's flirting with 1,000, then that's awesome, and that's going to help him in his pocketbook probably with some incentives that were laid out for him in his contract. Uh, but the 860 sounds about right. I think the touchdowns, um, you mentioned four touchdowns is the projection. I think that's a little low. Um, I think he's probably an eight-touchdown guy. Um, if he's at 10, then that's really good for us. Um, but if he's down at four or five, then that contract looks really bad. And now, granted, you know, people that actually look at the contract details know that his contract this year is nothing. It's his contract next year that'll look really bad if he has a bad 2022. Um, 
And so the four touchdowns seems low. I think, like I said, I think he's going to get a ton of opportunities in Doug Peterson's offense, especially in the red zone. Um, I think when we get in the red zone, it's going to be Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne. And I think those are going to be the three guys you'll see the most things dialed up for in the red zone. And so I think the, the four touchdowns is low. I, like I said, I think he's, a, he's an eight to nine touchdown guy. And I think uh, he's going to have an opportunity uh, to lead the team in receiving touchdowns. Yeah, I uh, I kind of th- agree with you on the yardage. I, I think that 860 is probably right in the ballpark. You know, a lot of Jaguar fans are very optimistic. And uh, for for a 1,200, 1,300-yard season, I, I just don't think that's the case. It's it's for, for what Doug Peterson wants to do with the offense and, and knowing Christian Kirk's skill set, that's – that's not exactly who he is. That who, that's not who he has been, and I'm not sure that's that's really ever going to be who he develops into. He, he's not a number one receiver that that you can just pump targets to like that. He, he you know he makes his money on separation and, and yards after the catch, and you know they certainly will get the ball in his hands a lot, but uh, you know you you probably won't see Trevor Lawrence throw the ball as much as some of the other quarterbacks in the league. And, and for partly that reason, and partly some of the reasons that you talked about, I, I just don't think he gets the looks for, to, for a 1,200, 1,300 yard season. As far as the touchdowns, I think that four to five is, is probably the range that I, that I think he ends up with. You know, I, I had Trevor Lawrence with 22 touchdowns. You had him at 26. So this is, you know, some of our differences here. But uh, I think that, that that's an area where Christian Kirk can definitely help us. You know, we've struggled mightily in the red zone, and hopefully he is able to catch, you know, eight, nine touchdowns. But uh, I think four to five is probably a more realistic number for us. Yeah, and and I think that in Doug Peterson's offense, especially when we get down into the red zone where the Jaguars have struggled so much um, under three to four different quarterbacks now over the past three to four seasons. Um, like, if you go look at Josh Lambeau, Matthew Wright, the two most experienced kickers we've had, um, in the past couple of seasons, uh, so many of their field goals are 35 yards or less because they're kicking in the red zone. Um, I think Christian Kirk's going to have an opportunity to have way more touchdowns than yards. When I, when I say that, obviously he's going to have more yards, but what I'm saying is if you were to say, oh, he could have a 1,200-yard season with six touchdowns or uh 850-yard season with eight touchdowns, I think that's more likely. I think – fewer yards, but more opportunities in the red zone to get six points. So I think that, um, you know, he's not going to be a 1,200-yard guy, but I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to score touchdowns uh, in Doug Peterson's offense. God, I hope so. We need it. Uh, I next, hope so. Next, we got James Robinson, who's coming back from an Achilles injury. Uh, from what we've heard, it sounds like his recovery is going well. For, from he's now. running. Yeah, you know, he's uh, that's a nasty injury to come back from. You know, obviously not everyone's Cam Akers, um, who's basically a, uh, you know, Marvel Cinematic Superman now. Um, But, uh, yeah, Robinson, the the ESPN has him projected 495 yards and four touchdowns rushing, 148 yards receiving and one touchdown. What you think? Over or under? Oh. We're gonna we're gonna get hate mail because you just said Marvel and Superman. I know. Together, I did that and on so, purpose. So <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get hate mail. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying so, to light some fuses here. So we're talking about this injury, and you know, like you said, Cam Akers is the exception. He's not the rule. Um, you know, we've talked about guys that have had this Achilles injury, 
Uh, you know, Kobe Bryant had it later in his career, and he was never quite the same player, uh, even though he had some good moments after. Uh, Boogie Cousins was considered top five, six centers in all of basketball just a few years ago. Uh, tears his Achilles when he's playing for the New Orleans Pelicans in a playoff run, and um, now he bounces around the league. He's never been able to be quite the dominant player. Uh, so it, it's a beast to come back from. Um, so I think really any numbers he's able to put up is a good thing. You know, if he shows up for the last three games, runs for 160 yards and scores a couple touchdowns total, then, um, you know, then you feel good about, oh, he's healthy, you know, and he's going to be good for 2023. Um, so I think the stats laid out for him, the 495 rushing, four touchdowns, 148 in the air with a receiving touchdown, I think that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, I'd like to just take the, the money on all, all four uh, accounts there. Um, I think ETN's going to have way more opportunities to run and catch the football. Um, even when ETN, even when James Robinson is back, you would expect ETN to probably still be the starter um, until things are really rolling for Robinson again. Uh, so if Robinson is able to give us 500 yards this year and four to, four to five touchdowns, then, I mean, things are going well. And obviously his rehab went swimmingly. So I think ESPN probably gets it right here. Yeah, and it's really hard to say without knowing, you know, precisely how his recovery is going. It seems like it's going well, but, uh, you know, running running in gym shorts is a lot different than running in pads and, and the different cuts that you have to make and, and such like that. So, I, uh, you know, 500 yards would be a pretty good season for Robinson, and, uh, and hopefully he can come in late in the season and help ETM as well, take some load off of that, because uh, ETN's probably going to be carrying the rock a, a very good bit early on in the season. Uh, next, we've got Marvin Jones, not Zay Jones, but Marvin Jones. Um, I, we, we're not going to talk about Zay Jones because ESPN uh, has him with a criminally low prediction of uh, like 200 or 300 yards. And uh, we're in rough shape if a $30 million receiver is being paid that for, for 200 or 300 yards. I'll take that bet because, I yeah, mean, getting just, 300 yards, yeah. Getting 300 yards for the season is not that difficult. <laughs> not much to talk about with that one. So we'll, we'll talk about Marvin Jones. ESPN has him projected for 685 yards and six receiving touchdowns. What do you think? I think that the yardage is probably pretty good. Honestly, I, I'd probably maybe even expect a little bit less. Um, you know, 685 uh, isn't obviously lighting the world on fire. That leaves him at – about 40 yards per game. Um, but in this offense, you know, the outside receivers aren't going to get a ton of love. We're not going to be throwing win routes to Marvin Jones and expecting him to go just beat the team's number one corner. Um, that's not his game. Uh, like me and you have talked about in the past, we need him to run stop routes and comeback routes and pick up first downs and take the pressure off of the tight ends, take pressure off of Christian Kirk. Um, so I don't think he's going to light the world on fire with yards. So that 685 is probably pretty accurate. Uh, the six touchdowns, I'll take the under on that. I think he's more in the four to five range. I think Doug is going to spread the love out so much uh, in the passing game that I don't think really any receiver on our team, and we can still be good if this happens, I don't think any receiver on our team eclipses more than 12 receiving touchdowns. Um, and that includes tight ends and running backs. Um, 
And we can still be good, even if that doesn't happen. Even if we have no double-digit receiving touchdown, guys, you could that that you could still win games doing that. Uh, if if you're spreading it out and you have five to six guys with seven to eight touchdowns, that's probably pretty good. All right. Uh, so I think that the yardage is probably pretty good, uh, but I think he's going to have fewer than six touchdowns. I'm. I, I kind of think both numbers are, are pretty much right on point. You know, uh, Marvin Jones had uh, over 900 yards receiving last year. It was a bit of a. That said, it was a bit of a quiet year for him. You know, he he uh, he was a guy for Trevor that that uh, was generally reliable. You know, bigger bodied guy. He uh, he ran a ton of comeback and digs, and uh, I I think that he he kind of continues that trend of, of being that for Trevor Lawrence and having quiet you know, quite quiet impact on the field, but, uh, but noticeable impact and could be an impact still be an impact player on this team. You know, it's, uh, he was, he was our leading receiver last year. And uh, I, I think that he might be in contention this year as well with Christian Kirk. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see which one of those uh, ends up being the actual number one receiver for this team. Uh, not that we really have one, but uh you know, someone's got to be it. So we'll see. Somebody's uh, got to be the number. Somebody has to be the number one receiver. We'll see who it is. But, uh, you know, I, I think 685 and six touchdowns is pretty spot on for Marvin Jones. So there's a – and you have to – and you and I know this as football fans. There's a difference between being your team's number one receiver and being considered wide receiver one by the rest of the league. Yeah. You know, um, Jamar Chase is a number one receiver. Uh, Justin Jefferson is a number one receiver. Um and throughout his career, Christian Kirk has been a number two. Uh, Marvin Jones has been a number two. Um, LaVisca so far has shown that he is not a number one receiver. Um, LaVisca's a gadget guy. You know, he, he's, he's not a, oh, he's going to catch 12 passes this week. Like, that's, that's not what we're going to get there. Um, so, somebody has to step up and be – the number one receiver for this football team, but we don't have that number one that the league looks at. Um, and what most teams, not all, because Twitter will yell at you if you say everybody, most good football teams have a guy that's considered a number one receiver by the rest of the league. I, um, I have heard that it's a good thing to have good football players. That's the rumor, and it's huge if it's true. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Marvin Jones isn't a guy that's going to go out there and have a bunch of yak yards. I believe I looked like three quarters of the way through the season and he was second to last in yards after catch per, uh, per catch. Uh, so, it's, you know, kind of proof of those digs and comebacks where he's just getting, you know, beaten to the ground after he catches the ball. But, but you know, that, was just, that got us a lot of first downs for a team that struggled to get first downs last season. So if he could still be that safety net for Trevor Lawrence, I think he's definitely, uh, you know, worthy asset to have on the field. Uh, next is newly signed tight end Evan Ingram. ESPN projects him to have 573 yards and three touchdowns. What are we looking at here? Um, I think I'm going to take the over on both. Uh, I think that – and this is my bold – some would call it very bold, some would call it maybe not so. I think Evan Ingram is going to lead the Jaguars in receiving touchdowns this year. Uh, that's my kind of bold pick for the season for 2022. Um, so, I think the 573, like I said, no receiver in Doug Peterson's offense, especially I think this year in Jacksonville, is going to have a, a, just a ton of yards receiving. 
But I think he, he's able to eclipse 600. I think he's probably a 650, 675 guy. I expect him to be in the seven to eight touchdown range because um, I think in the red zone, he is going to create so many mismatch problems because if you split him out wide on a corner, the, the length and the, and the physicality is going to be a huge advantage. And if you leave him inside, the same thing. You know, he's going to have a length over safeties. He's going to have speed over linebackers. And so I think Evan Ingram is going to be one of Doug Peterson's favorite uh, toys to play with in the, uh, in the red zone. And I think that Evan Ingram is going to have a big year. Again, like we talked about with Christian Kirk, not a ton of yards, but a lot of opportunities to score touchdowns. And so I think Evan Ingram not only leads the team, but I think he is the closest guy when the year ends to being in double digits. Evan Ingram is a player uh, that I view very similarly to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, both have disappointed me for uh, – the majority of, of their careers in franchise history. Uh, I, I really liked Evan Ingram uh, coming out of college. I thought he was a really good player. You know, he certainly has all the talent in the world to be, uh, you know, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. He's had a thousand yard receiving uh, year, which is really tough to do for a tight end. But in recent years, he's called, kind of fallen off. And some of that you can attribute to injury and some of it you can attribute to, to he, he just hasn't lived up to expectations and he's not playing to his talent level. Um, you know, it's, it's something that uh, many Jaguars fans are familiar of. But, uh, you know, hopefully he can come in here in a, in a very tight end-centric offense and, and make some plays for us. I think that the 573 is probably uh, probably around, around the mark where he's going to be. I'm curious to see how they use him and, uh, and Dan Arnold in tandem. We'll see, you know, who gets more looks and such like that. I would assume Evan Ingram, but uh, – you know, I, I was a big fan of Dan Arnold last year and, and the, the few games that we had for him, he, he did really well. And uh, I think the three touchdowns is probably a touch low. I'm thinking more in the four or five range for for Evan Ingram. Uh, you know, th- this is not something we get to say a lot as Jaguar supporters. Is it fair to say that in this 2022, Evan Ingram's playing with the best quarterback he's ever played with? Now, think about this way. He played with Eli Manning at the very end of Eli's career. And then he played with Daniel Jones. Where would you rank Daniel Jones in top 32 starting quarterbacks right now? Bottom five, bottom eight? Um, you're probably thinking bottom five, bottom six. Okay. So he's got an opportunity, at least talent-wise, to play with the best quarterback he's ever gotten to play with. And so – that's going to make a difference, especially in the red zone when it comes to his production getting six points. And so I think that right there is going to make that prediction of three touchdowns. Um, I'm not saying you should draft Evan Ingram as your tight end one uh, in fantasy this year, but he's definitely a guy that is worth having on your roster because he is going to get a lot of opportunities. That doesn't mean touchdowns, opportunities to score a lot of touchdowns uh, for the Jaguars. Yeah, and hopefully he does. Um, I, I have to ask, who caught the Giants' touchdowns last year? I know Kenny Galladay didn't have any, and I know Kadarius Tony didn't have any. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure <laughs> – that's a rough offense, buddy. It wasn't but, me. Yeah, uh, might have been me. He had, he had three. Three? 
Evan Ingram had three last oh, season. Oh, okay. How many Jones have? Uh, overall, uh, handy dandy uh, Google machine here. Uh, Daniel Jones threw for 10 touchdowns. Good God. Whew. And seven interceptions. We thought we had a bad. Seven interceptions actually isn't bad. That's uh, yeah. Well, that's, he only he only played eleven games. That's true. Yeah, that's that's um, tough. We thought we had a bad boy. Well, I mean, Daniel Jones came on the scene. Um, you know, I got to actually attend his last college game. Uh, Duke played Temple in the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, which I got to go see his last college game. But he comes on the scene rookie year, throws for twenty four touchdowns, twelve interceptions, uh, started twelve games. Yeah, that's what's um, you know, it looks like he's going to have a really good season. And then since then, combined in the last two years, he has started 25 games, so he has missed some time. Um, he's thrown for 21 touchdowns total in the last two years and Yikes. 17 interceptions total in the last Yikes. two years. Yeah, I know he's leading the league in turnovers in general. So, uh, talent-wise, he's – Evan England's going to play with the best quarterback he's played with, talent-wise. Um, Eli was at the end of his career when Evan came into the league. Wounded ducks. Uh, yeah, and then he played with Daniel, Daniel Jones, who statistically is a bottom third quarterback. He's been rough. I I, uh, I had some hope for him. I didn't love him coming out of college. I loved him as a redshirt sophomore because I'm like six six dude that can move and you know has a decent arm. And then you know two years later, I got time to actually sit down and look at the guy. It's like hey. You know, there's some things that you like there as an NFL franchise, but then there's, you know, some other things that you're concerned about and you're seeing those concerns in the NFL as he's a starter. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for Evan Ingram. You know, he's certainly got the talent to be our best athlete on the field on offense. You know, he's, uh, he's, he can be a mismatch against anybody. He's one of those guys that, who, who keeps defense coordinators up at night and, and has the chance to have a really good season with whichever works. Uh, next, we're going to look to the Jaguars defense. Um, Jaguars have put a lot of money and draft picks into this defense and hoping to turn it around. And uh, hopefully that, you know, comes true and, and our assets are fruitful. But uh, ESPN has them projected 19 turnovers. Last year we had 15 for reference. 39 sacks. Last year we had 32 for reference. And 407 points allowed, which comes out to about 24 points a game. What are we thinking? Yeah, so the defense plays such a huge role, you know, in football, not just obviously stopping the other team for scoring, but creating more opportunities for your offense to score. Uh, you know, so when you have a rookie quarterback like we had in 2021, a rookie quarterback has three best friends. He has a good tight end. Uh, he has a good running game. And he has a defense that creates turnovers that will steal him extra possessions. Um, we did not do that for Trevor Lawrence in 2021. We had eight fumble recoveries. We had seven interceptions, um, which is not very good uh, when it comes to overall turnovers. Uh, so the ability to steal, let's just say that the projections are correct, and we have 19 uh, turnovers in 2022. Four more turnovers last year probably means two more wins. And we're probably picking fifth as opposed to first. Um, so it makes a huge difference. And so uh, I, I'll, I'll go with that strictly because 
we're going to get after the passer better with Trevon Walker uh, being added. Um, we are going to definitely way, be way more – I don't think this is a word, but I'm going to make it one. I'm going to put on a T-shirt. Ball hockey. We're going to be way more ball hockey in the secondary. Hey, every word. Of, uh, every word is just a word that somebody made up. There you go. Um, the addition of Darius Williams in free agency, the addition of um, – it, it sounds funny because he played last year, but the addition, on obviously, of Andre Sisco as a starter. Um, for a full season, which we expect to be the case. Um, so Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco, Shaq Griffin, Darius Williams, uh, throwing guys like Daniel Thomas and Rudy Ford, like that's a group that wants the football, that are going to go get the football, and they're going to be very ball hockey. Trademark it and put it on a T-shirt. Um, and with those guys like silhouettes or something, maybe like DTWD originals, how, like something. How, you know? Daniel, how Daniel Thomas has been on this roster for so long and has gotten so few looks baffles me. They like him for some reason because he's still here, but it's I, I don't know. It's it's odd. I agree. And um, the other one, I mean, obviously Andre Sisko is you know the one that the one that's like staring you in the face. But I, I think Daniel Thomas is is you know half decent football player and can make some plays for you. And he, he did pretty well for us last year when he saw some time late in the season. Um, Andre Sisko being on the bench last year for like 14 games, 15 games was criminal. Um, I want to sue Urban Meyer just solely for that. You know, Andre Sisko is a guy that led college football in, turn, in, in interceptions two years in a row. There are a hundred teams, over a hundred teams in almost a hundred players on each team. And this man led college football two years in a row in interceptions. That's tough to do. That's very tough to do statistically. Um, this is a dude that can create plays. You saw him create plays instantly when he saw the field and saw playing time. He had that almost uh, near one handed grab against the jets. He had a, a, I believe he had a forced fumble in that game as well as a blocked field goal. Um, you know, first game as a uh, first game of significant playing time and, and Duke is an instant impact maker. Uh, so I, I think him being in the secondary as a, as a full-time starter now is, is monumental for this Jaguars defense. And, and I think that that definitely helps you get closer to that, uh, you know, 20, 20 turnover number. Um, and, and it helps your, your sack numbers and hopefully your sack numbers can help your turnover numbers as well with, uh, with the Jaguars investing now three first-round picks on edge rushers. You'd like to see that come to fruition. You know, they, they drafted Josh Allen, Caleb on Chason, and uh, Trayvon Walker. I know a lot of Jaguar fans aren't particularly happy about Caleb on Chason, and, and for some good reason, he's got two sacks in two years. But, uh, you know, these guys need to get after the passer. They're, they're first-round picks. And you've, you've put a lot of, uh, lot of assets into them, you know, and, and they need to start showing up for us. Uh, I, I think Josh Allen is a lot better football player than what he was statistically uh, – than how his statistics looks last year. Trayvon Walker is probably going to take a little bit, and we'll get to him in a second here, but uh, take a little bit to, to get going. But uh, I think 39 sacks would be a good number. I'd love to see us get to 40. I'd love to see us get to 20 turnovers, 40, touch, uh, 40 sacks. I think that would be huge. Yeah. Um, 40 touchdowns would be cool too. Um, <laughs> so – but, you know, a team that only had 32 sacks last year, uh, you know, Josh Allen's supposed to be your marquee pass rusher. He has seven and a half sacks. And then you're looking at the guys that were after him. Dwayne Smoot gets six, 
and we like Dwayne Spoot in Jackson. That's a good season for Dwayne. There's yeah, there's there's no hate, there's no uh, there's no hate at all from Jags fans. We're all big Spoot fans. Um, but then you have uh, Damian Wilson, who's gone and may never play football again with his legal issues going through. Um, three sacks. You have Roy Robertson Harris, three sacks. Adam Gotts is three sacks, who I'm glad we brought back. Uh, Jaheed Ward had two sacks, who a lot of people thought didn't play at all in 2021, uh, but he did have two sacks. Um, so you're looking for those numbers to drastically increase, um, strictly because you added Foley Fatukaski, you added Travon Walker, who you invested the number one overall pick in. You expect him to be able to go out and give you, you know, seven or eight sacks, possibly as a rookie. Now there's going to be a learning curve because he's going to be playing one position for the first time in a while. In college, he was asked to do a lot of different things in the Georgia defense. Um, you're also adding guys like Chad Muma and Devin Lloyd, who both have lots of experience getting after the quarterback. And I think that uh, Dave Cald- uh, ooh, I said Dave Caldwell, <laughs> Mike Caldwell um, is going to have a lot of fun scheming up ways for Chad Muma uh, and Devin Lloyd to get after the quarterback. And the reason I think that you'll see a lot of that is not only is it smart because they're both good at it, but what did Mike Caldwell play in the NFL? Linebacker. He's going to be very focused on scheming up ways to get his linebackers involved in pass rush because it's fun for the linebackers to get to go play on the edge and rush the quarterback and blitz a lot. And so it's just like when you have a running back, as a former running back, a head coach, you're probably going to run the ball a ton. Uh, so uh, Mike Caldwell is going to have a lot of fun scheming up ways for that front seven to really get after the quarterback. Um, I expect our pass rush this year. Our pass rush has the potential, which is a very dangerous word, has the potential to be nasty, honestly, in 2022. Josh Allen, Travon Walker, Chad Mooma, Devin Lloyd, Dwayne Smoot, Hopefully, Chase on can go at least double his career sack total uh, and get two sacks, and t- which I love Caleb on. I watched him since college, you know, because I'm an LSU fan. I really hope that he has a tremendous year and proves everybody wrong because it's good for our team. I just want to see for something. Him. Yeah, uh, he's got to be able to help the team in some way. Um, he doesn't have a choice. It's not one of those things where, you know, like you said, we invested a first-round pick. And when you go back and look at who was still on the board when we took him at 20 overall, it's unfortunate because a guy by the name of Justin Jefferson went just two picks later. Um, so it's not that we, oh, we hope Chase on. No, Chase on has to make an impact this year. He has to do something beneficial to help this team. He's got to be a four to five sack guy or he's gone. Uh, I'm not still totally convinced he makes the team come August. It depends on a lot of things. Uh, throughout the summer and the preseason. I think Chason is a candidate to not be here by the time the first game is played. Um, But it's up to him. You know, it's on him. He's now playing for uh, his third defensive coordinator. He's certainly talented Um, enough. Yeah, he's physically a good athlete. But now he has to go and put it all together. Uh, And hopefully Mike Caldwell is the guy to, to get that done. Yeah, and another, another name that, uh, that I wanted to mention here is Arden Key. You know, he, he was a guy that, uh, you know, kind of struggled in Oakland for a little bit, kind of finding his place. Went to San Francisco, had a really good year, and now the Jaguars sign him, and uh, 
you know, initially I thought that uh, when we were looking at offensive tackles back in like January, February, I was thinking, hey, this might be the dude that we start opposite of Josh Allen and maybe we draft the guy in the second, third round to kind of split snaps with him later in the year. But now that we drafted Trayvon Walker and the Jaguars plan to use him at linebacker, which uh, still baffles me a little bit. I, I, I would like to see his hand in the dirt more than him as a stand-up linebacker, but, you know, uh, Jaguars don't see it that way. But, uh, you know, you're going to see Arden Key be a rotational pass rusher now, and, and that may be something that benefits him. You know, you look at what Josh Allen did a few years ago on that uh, vaunted Saxonville line, you know, it's uh, come in there on fresh legs, beating up against, uh, you know, really tired offensive tackles, and he can use that speed to, to get around the edge and uh, hopefully get some, get some looks at some sacks there for us. Uh, speaking of sacks, Trayvon Walker, Vegas has him projected five and a half sacks. What do you think, over or under? I'm supposed to be the optimistic one, right? Uh, that's how it's going so far. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say under. Uh, I just don't. I think that, and and they're not mutually exclusive. I think Trevon Walker is gonna make a huge positive impact this year on our defense, but it will not reflect in his sack numbers. I think he is going to be elite against the run. Elite against the run. I'm talking about like when people say when you, when you're getting coffee at work on Monday morning and somebody says, "Hey, man." Who's, who's the lead against the run in the NFL? Just name somebody. A lot of people are going to say Trevon Walker because I think he's going to have that type of impact that quickly. Um, and I think that's where he's going to make the biggest impact. I think that he's probably four and a half sacks. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. That doesn't mean that he's not good. That doesn't mean that he didn't make a huge impact. Um, you know, because good pass rush doesn't just get sacks. It's a common – like, people love to just dial into that sack number, which I get it. It's important. But good pass rush is not just sacks. Good pass rush is forcing quick throws. It's making the quarterback leave the pocket. You know, it's, it's so many different things that go into being a good pass rusher. And I think that uh, Trevon Walker could be a 10-sack guy eventually. I just don't think it happens rookie year. I think rookie year, I think he's the second. I think he ends up being the second best rookie on the defense uh, behind Devin Lloyd. I don't even think he'll be the best, statistically the best rookie on our defense, let alone in the league. Um, so I think that he's probably a four, four and a half sack guy. And I think that's okay. I think that he's still going to be able to make a huge impact and be really good for us, even though statistically on the stat sheet, it won't. It won't flash. I agree, and, and, and I wanted a lot of Jaguars fans to consider that the Jaguars drafted this guy knowing that this dude isn't a polished product in terms of rushing the passer. He's a guy that can make an immediate impact in the run game, and I think he will do that. He's a big guy, strong, really fast, um, but he needs to clean up some things in the pass, uh, pass rush department. And uh, not to scare you, JC, or, or, or any of our listeners, but uh, Trayvon Walker was among the lowest in the draft class. He was either lowest or second lowest in these categories. Sacks, pass rush win, win rate, and pressure rate. All yeah. among the lowest in the draft class. He's got a long way to go. You know, you, you can't expect this dude to come in. He struggled against 
you know, I know, I understand that Georgia didn't ask a lot of him in the, in, in regards to rushing the passer, but at the same time, he didn't really show it either. Um, so he's a guy that, you know, you're going to bring in and I'm sure they're working really hard with him in OTAs and rookie minicamp and, and going forward. But he, he's a guy that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you look at a guy like, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Green Bay, uh, Rashawn Gary, uh, beg your pardon. Sorry for the delay there. Uh, Rashawn Gary came out of, uh, came out of college. He was extremely raw back half of the first uh, round projection type of player, but he had all the athletic traits in the world to be a phenomenal athlete. And now three, four years into his career, you're really seeing him blossom into one of the best NFL defensive linemen in the league. And I think that that's kind of the uh, trajectory that Trayvon Walker will have in the league. You know, he's going to take some time to, to heat up, but once he gets there, boy, he's going to be, he's going to be pretty hot. So hopefully the Jaguar fans, can hang around for that and not uh, not throw him into the Caleb on chase on bus early in his career if he doesn't you know come out you know throwing up some sack numbers but uh, I think he's a player that can make an immediate impact and be a guy that helps this defense really uh, really make that next step yeah and once um, you know he's got some things to work on like you said you know he's he's not polished he's not a finished product but let's be honest how many rookies come into the league as finished products? I would have liked Kayvon Thibodeau, but, uh, you know, here we sit. But, it, but is, he, is he a finished product? No. Is he, is he Miles Garrett? No. Do I think he could have come into the NFL and had a seven, eight sack year as a rookie? Yes. We'll see. Yeah, we you will. know, and that's, and that's the thing with rookies. You know, it's hard. It's hard to project how good they're going to be. Um, I – I his mean, production, at least, his, at least the Philadelphia Eagles thought Jalen Rager was going to be better than Justin Jefferson. So it, I mean, it's it, it's 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 tough to predict for the rookies. It is uh, his production in college, you know, um, fares him a lot better than it does Trayvon Walker. Uh, Trayvon Walker um, just didn't have much success in, in rushing the passer, and hopefully, hopefully Jaguars can flip that around. He's definitely talented enough. Uh, it's going to be something that he really hasn't worked on in his career. It's going to be kind of a kind of a first time, probably since you know, like high school, for him. Is Georgia Georgia just kind of kept everything in front of him, and it worked really well for him. Obviously, the you know national championships that that defense was uh, terrifying. You know, I'm a Gator fan. JC's an LSU fan. You know, we we know all too well how good the uh, Georgia defense was, but. Uh, you know, ho- hopefully he can make an immediate impact, at least in the run game, and uh, get this Jaguar team closer to uh, turning the corner in their franchise and getting Trevor Lawrence on a, on a path for success. Well, um, you know, if, if Jaguars fans take nothing else away from this episode of the pod, uh, take away the two things that be patient with Trevon Walker because he's going to end up being really, really good, um, even if statistically he doesn't show it as a, as a freshman, freshman, rookie, same thing. Uh, he's a freshman in the NFL. Um, and number two, pound the over on whatever Evan Ingram's touchdown predictions are for the season. Uh, bet your mortgage. And I, this is Daniel predict, saying that, not me. Uh, but bet your mortgage on Evan Ingram's uh, touchdown numbers being higher than projected, especially right now if they're three. Like, I want to go right now to DraftKings and see if I can find that one and go ahead and bet the over. Uh, because I just – I think 
Doug Peterson's going to love this guy. I feel like that was such a Doug signing. Um, and I just – I think that Doug probably came in right away with Trent Balky and said, hey, we got to improve the tight end position. Watch it be um, Dan Arnold with seven and eight touchdowns. <laughs> I take yeah, it. <laughs> I'll take it because that means that we're better. Hey. Um, but I think, I, think, I think it's going to be – and I've said this before about, you know, different teams that I follow in different sports. Like when we add a bunch of young talent, we may not be very good, but we'll be fun to watch. And last year we were not fun to watch. Um, so at least in 2020, it was fun because we wanted to lose. So it was fun when we lost. Um, but I'll never forget uh, Jimmy Graham catching that touchdown uh, for the Bears in like week 16 in Jacksonville and all the Jaguars fans going crazy, like celebrating the Bears touchdown. Um, but, you know, last year wasn't fun. And you look at this roster now going into 2022 and we may not win a ton of games. I don't think we will win a ton of games, but we're going to be, we're we going to be fun. We got ETN on offense and Cisco on defense and that's all I need. To get up, I think we're gonna, yeah. Sunday. I think I think we're gonna be fun to watch. I think Trevor is gonna have a lot more fun, which is going to lead to him playing better. Um, you know, I think obviously being reunited with Etienne on the field. Obviously, Etienne's been around the building for a year, but it's not the same. It's like it's like your mom letting your best friend sleep over, but you can't play Xbox together. <laughs> like you have to just sit on opposite sides of the room and stare at each other. Um, so that's basically what ETN and Trevor had to do for a year. It's like, Hey, my, my buddy's here, but we can't play together. Uh, so now they can, you know, they have no restrictions. They're able to go out and do what they did at Clemson, which was score a lot of points, which was have a lot of fun and win a lot of football games. Uh, and now that you have a legit head coach and play caller, um, you add a really, really good weapon in Christian Kirk. You add a weapon in Evan Ingram that can be really, really good. You expect him to make an impact. Um, you made the offensive line better. You made the defense way more nasty. Um, I think Trevor is going to be able to go have a lot of fun. Uh, therefore, it'll be a lot of fun for us to watch. Um, and we just can't get caught up too much in watching the win-loss total. Uh, we got to have patience for this process and realize that drafting Trevor Lawrence is not a two-year investment. It's hopefully a 12-year investment. It's a 15-year investment. Um, you know, hopefully – Fans will remember that. They won't because Twitter's going to be a dumpster fire if we lose to Washington week one, um, But which Daniel has predicted that he we will. will. Uh, <laughs> I predicted a win for the record. Uh, so send your hate mail to at Daniel Griffiths on Twitter. Um, it's not exactly at Daniel Griffiths, but if you search his name, you'll find him. Send your hate <laughs> mail. To, send your hate mail on for his Marvel Superman comment. Send your hate mail for thinking we're going to lose to Carson Wentz in week one and send your hate mail for thinking that Trevor's going to throw a bunch of interceptions. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Obviously we still have a lot of time to get there. Uh, you know, it's only the early parts of June. We got a long way to go. A lot of podcasts to fill with something to talk about. Um, so hopefully there'll be some going ons around not only the Jaguars, but the NFL soon that we can kind of, you know, get into um, maybe Debo, maybe Debo Samuel gets traded. Maybe finally a quarterback moves. Maybe Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield or something um, to give us something to kind of touch on outside of the Jaguars. But we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep having fun. Uh, we're going to keep 
you know, doing player profiles. We're going to have some guests lined up. And so uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited for the football season. Uh, it's hard sitting here waiting on it to get here. Um, but, you know, I'm not looking at wins and losses, even though I'm still going to curse about it. But I'm just – I think we're going to have a lot of fun, especially especially on the defensive side of the ball in 2022 for the Jaguars because that's a really good group. I think it's going to end up being a top 12 or 13 defense in the NFL. Uh, I'm just hoping for league average right now. <laughs> I'll take league, league average in every department. But, uh, yeah, I, I uh, you know, Andre Sisco is a guy that, that I've always been a fan of. And I, uh, I actually wrote a couple of articles for him for, for Jaguars, Jaguars Wire about him when he was still at Syracuse in, in uh, his junior season um, as well. So, I, uh, you know, I think, that, I think that he's a guy that can come in and, and you know, hopefully replace, replace Miles Jack as my new favorite Jaguar on the team and make some plays for me. But uh, I believe that is it for today, everybody. And uh, as always, Duval Till We Pod.